You want to what? Silas looked at the notebook in his hand, raising an eyebrow at the page. She pointed at the words again, leaving her finger on them for emphasis. We don't have assassins. Hell, we don't even have guards most of the time. Just some of the crew that know what the end of a rifle to point. How to pull a trigger. He rubbed a hand across his face. He'd forgotten to shave for the last week. Emily snatched the notebook and scrawled again. That doesn't mean you don't need people from time to time. It's something I can do. Yeah, but... But we... Do you honestly think this would be a good idea? I, I, I mean, you're barely up and walking. He let out a long sigh and closed his eyes for a moment. Without Fiona here, he was a mess and he didn't really know how to argue with her. Just like Rose's talents, they'd probably have use for somebody a bit more physically adept in a different sense. Where are you from? Nomads. One of the ship tribes or earthbounders? This would be the deciding factor for him. If she had been born on a ship, there was a chance that she was like Fiona. If not, then they could figure something else out. Mom was from a crash. Dad didn't make it. Shipborn. Huh. Well, I want to hear from Doc himself that you're good to go. Then I want you to talk to John. If he says no, then we'll figure something else for you to do, alright? She thought for a moment, then nodded. It was better than nothing. Why did she feel such an attachment to this place already? She'd been comatose for the majority of the time that she'd been here, but everyone she'd forced herself to meet was... kind. For dreaded pirates she'd heard so much about, the slaughter, the mayhem, the destruction that they apparently left in their wake, this community seemed docile. John stared at the words on the paper, much the same way Silas had, but remained silent. He paused a beat before reaching under the bar, pulling out a bottle of labelless liquor, and poured himself a shot. After downing it, he stared at the empty glass for a moment. If this is something you really want, then yes. But before you say yes, I want you to take a week. Think about it. She started to write an argument, but stopped. He hadn't said no, in fact just the opposite. Now it was her turn to say yes. All right. All right. There was a tense pause in the empty bar, the air waiting for one of them to say something else. John cleared his throat. Can I get you something to drink? Even hours later, Grace watched as clumps of mud fell from the bottom of Betsy and water sometimes ran under the wells for the landing gears. She toggled the radio. Think Betsy will be alright? She took a lot of water the last week. The radio crackled in response for a moment before Quinn replied. She's been through worse. Should have been there the day she got trapped in a sinkhole. Think some of the dirt and the ass stabilizers from back then, honestly. Yeah, but water can't be good on her, right? Well, long as her hold is empty, it's alright. Don't want it all ruining everything we're gonna go get. Fiona's voice crackled into the speakers. I suppose. Just feel bad for the old girl. She's looking rough. Hey, girly. The town we're heading to. Just stick close while we're there. It's been a long while since we've been this far north. Don't know how it's looking. Uh, Alright, Captain. Oh yeah, that reminds me. What was that about dogs? Rosalind did her corset as she went back into the closet of a dressing room and exhaled. By the mists, I can't wait to get to a real stage again. 
The small bar was difficult to perform in, since the band had to be crammed into the stage with her. Are you alright, ma'am? Melanie asked, hanging up the corset and handing the singer a light shirt. The blonde smiled and ruffled the other woman's black hair. Just fine, darling. Just miss the old bars all. She slipped the shirt on. Thank you. Emily stopped by to see John again this morning. That's three times this week. Melanie's mouth had a slight frown to it. I swear to the gods, that girl is a damn shadow. You know I still haven't met her. Really? I thought she would have come down to see you at least once by now. Rose added a shot of lemon and honey to her glass of whiskey. It's my fault. I should have gone to see her by now. The raven-haired girl perked up. I could go get Jackie and we could go see her. I know she doesn't want to admit it, but I think she gets lonely all by herself. Might help her get used to being around people again. Let me just finish getting changed and we'll go. Go get Jackie. Emily stood with her back pressed against the wall, staring at the target she'd set up next to her bed. A small collection of kitchen and utility knives were embedded in the wood in and around the paper. Her aim was less than fantastic, but she was getting better. A knock startled her. Picking up her last knife, she opened the door slowly to find Melanie, Jacqueline, and a tall, curvy blonde woman. She stepped back and opened the door all the way, letting the three in. Instantly, the room was cramped. Hey, I'm sorry for just dropping by, but we missed you. It's fine. I'm sorry I haven't been around lately. She scribbled a second note and handed it to the strange woman. You must be Rose. Without warning, Rose took her hands, disarming her with a single movement, and pulled her into a hug. Emily froze for a moment, heart pounding, almost at the point of panicking, hand grasping for her knife. I'm so, so sorry. The moment the words left the other woman's mouth, she felt herself melt into her arms, for the first time since she'd escaped, since her mother died. Since they'd come here, she felt safe. She buried her face into the singer's neck and sobbed. Fiona waited as Grace and Quinn caught up. The red-headed pilot looked around in wonder, eyes wide, darting back and forth. Quinn's did the same, but out of fear. How is this real? The trio stood at the tarmac of the old Denver airport, Grace staring at the brightly lit, enormous structures ahead of them. This is what the world looked like before the end. This is actually one of the smaller cities. You should see York, or the old bones of LA. Nothing but concrete and rubble for miles and miles under the water. Grace stared in amazement, watching as hundreds of people milled about ahead of her. Some were boarding airships or runners, other carrying bags or driving small vehicles with groups of people in them. Quinn tugged at them both to head inside. Her cheeks had gone from their normal pale pink to shock white. The other two nodded and huddled around her, doing their best to ease her anxiety. With the faceplate in place, Claus put the final crude welds into the temples of his new creation. The scuffed brass that covered large portions of the corpse had been fused as tightly into it as he could. He double-checked the wiring that ran from the back of its head into the spine to make sure everything was connected. When he was satisfied, he nodded and brushed his hands off. Say hello to your home away from home, Sean. At least for the time being, until we can build something a bit more fitting. Sir? One of the monitors swung towards him. He grinned and began inputting commands into the old console. A screech emitted from the speakers as the progress bar slowly filled. Oh, quit being a baby. You can't even feel pain. He unplugged the speaker, effectively muting the system and the AI. 
The small light he'd installed on the sides of the corpse's head began to light up and blink, indicating brain activity. He took a step back to let the machines do their work and picked up a mug of cold coffee, only briefly checking that there wasn't any mold in it before downing the entire thing. Hey, Grace, uh, would you come with me to go to this doctor? Quinn asked. Yeah, of course. Where to? The engineer took out a crumpled piece of paper. Down on the west end. We'll have to get a cab or something. Maybe. Maybe we shouldn't go. Her fingers dug into her bicep. Fiona nudged her. I'll drag your little ass down there if I've got to. You need to go. I'll go find Ben while you do and get everything set, alright? Quinn gave a defeated sigh and slumped. All right. All right. Just let me breathe a bit and we'll go. Silas paced in Doc's office. I have no fucking clue. I mean, do you think she'll be okay? He scratched his face. His beard was thicker than he'd noticed. Personal. What was... Oh, fuck. I can't remember his voice. Personally, fuck if I know. Professionally, she's in perfect health. Or at least as perfect health as someone who's been through what she has could be. I'm not really sure about her mental state, though. He stopped pacing and slumped against a wall. Uh, I think I'm more worried about John than anything. He retired for a reason. He's a big boy, Sai. If he couldn't handle it, he wouldn't have said yes. Rose's voice chimed in from behind him. True, I suppose. Still, I worry he'll end up hurting himself, or, you know, blow a hole in the sakee. Doc rolled his eyes and popped the stopper from a bottle of cognac. Silas, I doubt that John could blow a hole in the ship, let alone would even if it were possible. There was a moment's pause before Doc continued. Now, as for the ship, when exactly are we setting down? We need to find a new place to set up soon if we want to start establishing ourselves before the seasons change. Gods, the raining season hadn't even started. How could he have forgotten that? We'll find a place soon. Just don't want to set up too near another tribe or somewhere the pats tend to roam around. Two days passed and the bar was slow. Only a few people sat around a table in the corner. One lone figure at the bar. Blonde hair hung in her face as she sat there. A t-shirt and jeans had replaced her corset and dress. The stage was dark. Patrons knew to leave her alone when she was like this. She wasn't in a good mood. It had been two weeks now, maybe more, and still no word from Fiona or the other two. And there wouldn't be until they found a place to settle. The last few days had been harder and harder. Worrying about her, and the singer was starting to be on edge. She downed the shot and set the empty glass in front of her, tapping her finger to get John's attention. Two more, love. Rosie, I think you've had enough tonight. The old man nodded to the empty whiskey bottle, which had been full before she'd got there. Two more, John. He stopped wiping the mug he was holding and slung the cloth over his shoulder, raising an eyebrow and looking at her. Now, honey, I love you like a daughter, and that's why I'm going to say this. You're not getting another damn drink tonight unless it's coffee or water. If you want to get snippy, you can go back to your room. I'm sure you got something else in there. 
She didn't look up, just continued to stare at the glass in front of her. I fucked up. He paused a moment, then motioned to the group in the corner to clear out. After they were gone, he locked the door and sat on the stool next to her. What do you mean, sweetheart? Back then, back when I had a chance, I fucked up. God damn it, I fucked up, and now it's worse, and she's missing. Rose, honey. It's been years, John. You'd think I'd be over it by now. Sometimes it doesn't go away, sweetheart. Have you told her all this? Tears started falling against the worn wood. Wouldn't make a difference. He wrapped an arm around her and kissed the side of her head. Still, might help you. But hell, you two have been close this whole time. What brought this on all of a sudden? I miss her. I know, love. We all do. The sure ain't the first time she's been gone. What's really up? Rose wiped at her eyes. I don't... I don't know. Last couple months have just been strange. Grace and then Jackie and Mel and M showing up. And the storms and the pats and the Brazilians starting to invade and just... It's made me think about everything, about things I regret, and things I wish I could change. Well, when she gets back, talk to her. And talk to Silas, too. That might be for the best and all. Oh, Miss Mother, you're just trying to kill me, aren't you? She sat silent for a moment, before sniffing and sitting up straighter. No, she doesn't need to deal with that, neither does Sigh. I made my choice back then, no point in letting it get to me now. The sound of battle raged around them, screams and shouts, gunfire and twisting metal. They moved fast enough that the world was a blur. The only thing allowing them to strike was the sensor that showed them body heat. Bullets pinged off their left hand and grazed their ribs. Their right hand was like a club, crushing the armor of their enemies, caving in their skulls. When it was over, they were drenched in blood and gore. They had sustained damage and injury. Their right leg had multiple holes through it, and the glowing lens in their mask was cracked, but they stood over the scattered remains of a small infantry unit, one of the Lord General's own. The creator's voice pinged in their ear. Good work, my dear. Head home for repairs. I'm sure that once the Lord General sees your effectiveness, he will be quite fine with our tests. Yes, sir? Still nothing? Grace asked Fiona tossed her phone onto the waiting room table. They sat in the doctor's office while Quinn had her appointment, something that had set them back by two days. They must not be near a tower yet, or the generator ain't working again. Hell, one of those damn satellites could have fallen for all I know. Either way, we're stuck waiting till we hear from them so we know where we're going. Grace counted the days since they'd left. It's been 19 days since we separated. Captain sighed, yeah, I hope they're all right. I'm sure they are. I wonder how Mr. Jessup is doing. I hadn't seen him much before we left, and I remember you saying he was sick. Fiona made a dismissive gesture. Jessup's a living rock. I'm sure the old boy is probably making sure Rose and the rest of the girls don't get much trouble from drunk assholes. Hey, Captain. Grace was interrupted by the door opening and Quinn shuffling into the room. She carried a couple bottles and looked far more tired now than she did when she had gone in not even an hour before. Grace noticed her eyes were red and she hadn't quite managed to wipe all the tears from her face. 
Let's go. Hey everybody, uh, this is Gabby, and I just want to say thanks for listening, and hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you'd like to support us, we're on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash SSP. Uh, yeah, there's, we're adding new goals and adding new rewards for patrons, and, uh, yeah, check us out. Anyway, uh, hope you enjoyed, and see you in the next part. Bye.